soy Jenny, este es Soccer Chat Sport, entrenador por entrenadores número uno, con todo por todo. Gracias. Número uno. You know what it is. Keeping it clear on here. No. For coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat. <laughs> yes, that's the name of the <laughs> With Nick Rizzo. I don't know if I'm entirely ready for it. And Sean Sauterly. There's been no bigger show for Soccer Chat than this one. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast brought to you every single week by some amazing friends of ours, like the ladies over at Dutick Brand. Check it out, dutickbrand.com. For all your coaching accessory needs, use the promo code Soccer Chat and get a sweet discount. Thanks to Nick signing up again for us to be members of Dutick Brand FC. So dutickbrand.com, use the promo code Soccer Chat. Shout out to our friends over at Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com for the world's greatest ball pump. I just saw my man uh, Patrick at Wabash Valley Junior College tweeted yesterday that he just got his first Torx ball pump in. And we're telling you, Patrick, you're going to love it. Trust us. I think that's an actual... Uh, uh, commercial line. So yeah, we didn't say that that didn't happen. Uh, and also to our new friends, bounce athletics, check them out. Bounceathletics.com. Also check out dynamo goal. Uh, and later on in the show, we're going to give you a heads up on how you can save $50 off your first purchase with bounce athletics. They've got everything you're wanting match balls, training balls, training bibs. They've got an amazing dynamo goal. that just came out. That is so incredible. It's so affordable and it's so professional at the same time. And we're going to get you hooked up with a $50 discount just by using a promo code that you've got to listen for uh, later on in the show. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And Nick, this show comes to people for free every single week. Every single week by the good folks of Nick and Sean. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, Nick, soccer is an incredible sport that, that we get to partake in. And I actually had a, I had, did you say go on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I had a moment literally right before you and I were recording this, a friend of mine reached out. I got to give him a shout out. He probably won't even listen to this, but he might. Uh, and I, my wife is actually sitting in the background and I'm sure she may start laughing as soon as I talk about this and she doesn't even know what it is. Uh, but a good friend of mine, good, good. Uh, he, he's definitely a good brother by the name of dirty Dave Nagel. Um, it's a great, name. yes. It's a fantastic name. Um, shoots me a text message. Hey, man, you'll never guess what happened. And Dave, back in the day, used to coach uh, youth rec recreational soccer, uh, kind of giving back to his community type thing. Um, and he since he used to I used to live near him and he has since moved to uh, South Carolina and he works at a, uh, a prep academy down there as a speech and debate coach. He's very, very good at what he does. Um, teaches English classes and something else. And um I was like, you know, what's what's going on, man? He said, so our school, his school is super tiny. There's 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 less kids at this school than people who will be at your wedding. Um, there's 250 kids in a K through 12 school. So wow. think about that. That's like at, take that times three. And that's not still not even close to how many people are going to be at your wedding. Um, yes. So he, he's like, our school uh, is getting rid of the soccer program because they had like a a tryout or whatever. And, and there was no interest. Like no one showed up. And I was like, Oh man, that sucks. And he was like, but like a bunch of parents called, um, at the middle school level and was like really upset because like their kids want to play. And he's like, and they called me, he's like, and your boy is a middle school soccer coach now. And nice. I was like, dirty Dave. Hell yeah, man. Like the power of soccer, you try to take it away. 
and someone will someone's going to figure that out and it's going to come back and so this guy he uh he he's 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 already texted me four times uh since he and i talked earlier about it and he's like i've got to call you tomorrow i've got to get back into this i got to know what i'm doing uh and we're talking numbers already and he's like we only have 250 kids in the entire school so my numbers are very very limited uh but uh i, I gotta give him a shout out and talk about the power of soccer of here you know here it is for whatever reason they were taking it away and in the same day that they took it away enough people spoke up they were like no we're going to keep soccer going that i mean and this i mean i think it's just so incredible that he got a job with the name dirty dave you know i, mean, I that's... don't think anyone in south carolina knows that his name is dirty <laughs> dave i'm I mean, willing i'm willing to go on a limb and say that <laughs> no that I mean, that, wife, pro- that makes a lot a more sense now. I, I don't know if you could apply for a job as Dirty Dave and get a job. Yeah, I don't think you could apply uh, as a job as Dirty Dave. But my, my wife said something. I could. I, what, what was it you just said? She said that's not a name that I would want my kid's teacher to have. Um, but I, if you I knew, imagine if, most would not. If you knew the guy, like he's so cool. He's super awesome. Um, he's he back in the day. He was a wild guy. He's he's super chill now. Um, and the first time I ever met him was in college. Uh, we figured out that we lived probably, and we grew up like 30 minutes away from each other. And the first time I met him, I was like, Oh, you know, what's your name, man? He's like, dirty Dave Nagel. And he's like, got like, he's got, he's short white dude with long red hair talks like Barry white. That's, I mean, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I just want to meet this guy. He just seems, he seems like a person that'd be fun to hang out with. My wife has met Dirty Dave. She's a she's a massive fan of Dirty Dave. Love Dirty Dave. Every everybody loves Dirty Dave. Oh, that's I mean that's awesome. One thing, however, I, I do want to transition this that I want to talk to you about is how did you know who the mass singer was twenty minutes before it was announced? Which one? The, the one, one from this past Sunday. Yeah, that Little Wayne was robot. Yeah. Dude, I know like I know like what all of them are just from hearing it and the the clues. The judges on there, don't get me wrong. I love Robin Thicke. He's awesome. His very first single that took off is probably his best song he's ever put out, and it does not get the respect that it deserves. Shout out to Robin Thicke. Um, those judges are so horrible. I, the first one, every person in the world knows that that's Gronk, the uh, White Tiger. That's totally Gronk. Okay. Um, did not know people, it was Gronk. And people who keep saying that's John Cena are ridiculously not educated. Um, it's totally Gronk. The clues give it away so easily. Um, so Im- I was so, so impressed with the Lil Wayne one. Like, you impressed. tweeted out, like, 30 minutes before it was announced. And as soon as you said it, like, I was watching with a few different people. I was like, oh, that absolutely makes sense. But I would never thought of it, like, just off the spot. Oh, it was totally his voice. Well, I I don't remember what song was it that he sang. It was the Lenny Kravitz song, wasn't it? Yeah. What song was it? I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was Lenny Kravitz. It wasn't. Uh, oh, it was, oh, it was. Uh, Are you gonna go my way? Yeah. Yeah. So he totally he comes out, uh, and the first thing he's like, "Are you gonna go my way?" Like, come on, man. Like every. It did not sound like that. It did not. Oh sound yes, it did. That much like Lil. If you if you imagine. Little Wayne on it sounded just like what was the slow song that he did? It sounded just like that. It was that low voice music. Like, uh, you could tell he was all leaned out still. Like 
that was I cannot believe how many people on Twitter because I was like following along with the hashtag. I could not fathom how many people did not know that that was Little Wayne. And like the like six people who said it was I was like, you're educated. I mean, I was I was actually really impressed. I was like, I know this guy who called it correctly. Uh, I'm trying to think. So to me, White Tiger is Gronk. And it's actually on. It was on the night, but I didn't I didn't get to catch it because I think Group B was on the night. White Tiger is Gronk. Um, the obviously robot was Little Wayne. Um, the frog is Jesse McCartney. Um, the monster or Miss Monster, that one I'm iffy on. I think it's um, I want to say it's like Sh- I want to say Shaka Khan is who I think it is. Um, okay. and then the what was the other one was um. Oh, the one that they, uh, the one who sang the song because like she said so, like she was talking about she embarrassed her family or something. Totally Iggy Azalea, totally her. And everybody's like, no, she's a rapper, and it's like she was a singer before she was a rapper. And it was Australia was in the clues and all this stuff and talking about she wanted to help with the fires and things like that, but she wasn't there. Like it all, like they tell you who it is. I don't know, Sean. You're just very good at this. Like don't don't I don't think you need to minimize like people who don't know i think you need to just be proud of the fact that you're very very good at this well no i let me flip that around because i know i feel like everyone else should know because if, nope, if i can figure it out everyone else can figure it out yeah i mean you are you are the pep guardiola jurgen klopp of the mass singer and just own it how about pop culture this because that was actually my first time watching mass singer i've never watched it before um that was my first time and i was just like this is easy <laughs> no, you crushed it. I was although very now I'm I'm kind of upset that you didn't roll with that and like at your mass par- singer party that you were at, you weren't like, oh, robots, Little Wayne, and like ran with that. Like you could have no, been. No, I give you all the credit. I give you all the credit. Ah, oh, you messed up, man. You messed no, up. Like I, like I, I, I'm nothing but if honest, Sean. You could have like you could have texted me and be like, hey, who do you think this is? And I, I had to help you out. You get I'll, so much I'll credit. I'll do that from now on. Like, well, now I know your picks for the other ones, so. When yeah. Gronk is revealed in a little bit and it is Azalea, I'll know exactly. I'll be like, yeah, no, I, I, I knew exactly who that was. Too. And the fact that they tried to say that the robot, who was clearly Little Wayne, trying to say that that was Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville, get out of here with that. Get out of here. Or um, somebody. Sure, I was somewhat convinced, and now I like I now I'm not. So you go back and listen to it again, and you'll from the moment he starts singing, you know that it's him. I agree, I, but like initially it's a gift to know that initially i i truly i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit no he's got a distinctive voice everyone knows it apparently you and five other people on twitter (laughs) and you know well and how bad did those judges feel when he revealed himself oh dude like literally my favorite reaction was jamie flax and he was just like i didn't even think you were black (laughs) like it was so bad it was just like, like uh ken dr ken he kept saying like i've heard this voice and i just can't figure it out i've heard this voice and i was like because it's little wayne dude like everyone knows but uh you know speaking of everyone knows we've got an awesome guest on this week who uh if you don't know uh you better ask somebody and if you better ask somebody you better check yourself uh she's awesome she's incredible she's a good friend of ours good friend of a lot of people at soccer chat and our network uh, she's going to be a good friend of yours after you check out this interview right after a message from our good friends at Bounce Athletics. 
Summer soccer camp season will be here before you know it, and Bounce Athletics has the soccer balls for your camp. Bounce Athletics offers fully customized, micro-stitched, textured, premium camp balls for under $9 a ball. To receive free shipping with delivery in May, order by February 15th. These are the same camp balls that are used by some of the most elite Division I programs in the country, like Wake Forest, Creighton, Texas Tech, Michigan State, Florida State, Clemson, Denver, Utah, and the Air Force Academy, just to name a few. Bounce Athletics also offers NFHS and FIFA-approved custom textured training balls for under $25 a ball. And they can turn orders around in as little as four weeks, so you guys can be ready to roll for the spring season. And just for listening to this podcast, all Soccer Chat listeners get a $50 discount on their first order of custom balls or training vests. All you got to do is mention the podcast when you email info at bounceathletics.com to begin the ordering process. a mistake on me but i want to turn this back around our guest this week uh for like two years now i've been told by nick that he's going to get our guest on and for whatever reason i believe he always told me was that she was avoiding us uh in this but we'll be able to get the true um the true i guess uh reasoning or or whatnot uh we were also supposed to do this a couple weeks ago after we finally i took it upon i took the liberty upon myself just (laughs) reach out and say hey nick keeps saying that you won't come on the show uh so now i'm going to reach out to you and you were like oh yeah absolutely i'll do it um so we got it scheduled (laughs) and then you had to go out and lecture your team about washing their hands and how to properly do it and all this stuff and then end up at the uh, clinic with a freaking 103 fever and get sick on us. But yet here we are. Finally. <laughs> we made finally. it. You know, I made you guys work for it. And here we are. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, we, we <laughs> say every few weeks we'll talk about we have nothing but illustrious. And I'm going to uh, emphasize the enunciation of that illustrious guest. Ooh, we have with us the famous, the popular, the dare I say, iconic, the one, the only, Shannon Danino. Everybody, yeah. I I think that I need to get you to follow me around all times. How you many know? people have said that? Anytime I've, I enter like a room, I just give you the elbow. Go yeah. do that thing. Do that thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what? 
uh, camps this summer. You give me the elbow. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do it for yeah, you. Yeah, I did sign up uh, for a certain exact camp today. Hope you guys are on board with that already. Uh, well, your boy has already signed up for like six of them. Yeah, so. Sean is, we found out the the mainstay of all exact camps. Like, we, we found out that he's actually worked more exact camps than everyone but one person. Uh, you're you're in second place, about to eclipse first place, I believe, going into the summer. Is Dan number one? I don't. I don't think Chris said who, who number one was. He did not oh. say who it was on the air. We he just said that I was. Uh, he said I was top three, and he didn't think that I was number three. But he didn't think I was number one either. And I was wow. like, wow, right, mystic, whatever. mystic man. Okay. Yeah, Mister. Yeah. Sean Sauter. Wow. Okay. Well, I know what I have to work up to now. I got it. All right. When it comes to this, there's nothing to work up to whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but Shannon, um, you know, we're going to, I mean, you're a friend of the show. I don't know if you've actually ever listened to the show. I'm going to pretend I like ha- you have. I have. And I have a, a pop socket and I have a koozie. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, I think I'm a fan. Okay. I'll, you know what? We'll go with that. Maybe uh, even so- a connoisseur. Ooh, that may be the biggest word anyone's used in 2020 on this show. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, the gist of it, this all is, um, in order to know who you are, the coach now, we've got to know how you got to this point. So, you know, if you want to give everybody a a, a background on how you got to where you are now, the long short. So I played soccer at university of Tampa, had an awesome career there. We won a national title my junior year, which was an amazing experience after college. I uh, went to grad school and had the opportunity to be a GA and had absolutely no intention of coaching. I feel like you hear a lot of people say that kind of story. And got through my MBA, was applying to business jobs, and felt my heart was elsewhere, and ended up working, um, landed a Division II job. I went to Alabama, so I was at University of Montevallo, and then went to Carnegie Mellon Division Three for six and a half years, and then landed a head coaching job where I'm at now at Aurora University. So what were you going to do with the degree, the, the degree if you weren't coaching? My dad's in business and he's always been in sales or marketing. And I always just saw myself doing something along those lines, which now in hindsight, very much of what, of what we do is management and is marketing and is selling ourselves. Um, I just think in soccer and what we do in coaching, there's a service aspect of our job that I didn't think I would get working in business. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Nick normally, anytime somebody mentions their MBA, he always is quick to ask, how does it feel not to use yours? Because I think a majority <laughs> of uh, people that we've had on, well, I think except for Sky Eddie Bruce, like she legit actually uses hers. She does. Uh, yeah. Not too many people with MBAs uh, use their degree currently for coaching. Although you tied it I- into a lot of what we do is business like. Yeah. I mean, I would actually argue on the contrary. When I think of my daily work, you know, the things that maybe I do in graphic design for recruits or the way I shape conversations with recruits or the way that I sell my program. Yeah. I did not know that. (laughs) And the wheels are turning. Yeah. I'm an illustrator too, which is a fun fact for you. Um, But I, I think very much MBA ties in. And even now, you know, eight years removed, when I think back to some of those classes I was in, I'm thinking, my gosh, it absolutely applies to coaching. Yeah. So, okay. Illustrator With, without I, I, the, without the pay scale, but you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, you, are, you put it at the end of your name. Like, are you Shannon Danino MBA? You know, I, I, I thought about that right after I graduated because I thought I was super cool. And I just, 
didn't. So I only do that when I'm introducing myself to people in public. Like Nick Rizzo. No, you don't. No, no you I don't. don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if you did, I've never heard that, and I want to hear that. <laughs> Nick Rizzo. And then I want to see the reaction of other people after yeah. that. <laughs> Next year in Anaheim, I want you to walk up to literally everyone and go, hi, I'm Nick Rizzo, NBA. <laughs> like, like, what is this man hiding that he has to say Nick Rizzo, NBA? What else is there? <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. What are you distracting me from, sir? <laughs> so, yeah, no. But sorry, Sean, I took your question. You go. No, I don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. So, like, are you an artist? Like, you mentioned Illustrator. Like, do you draw? Yes, I do. Uh, no, I yeah, which, know this about you. Yeah, so it, and again, tying into a, a silly way in coaching every once in a while with recruits, you know, Nick and I were talking the other night about how many handwritten letters we still write and questioning if other people are still doing that. Um, every once in a while, you know, I'll doodle a picture, come here, you know. Yeah something something to give that special touch when they're getting all these letters and any way to stand out in a crowd you know i just thought about this because you know nick does bring up a lot that he still does the handwritten letters man like do you like scan it and email it or do you actually pay for stamps and use actual postal service who is on my my bad list currently the post office and i are gonna fight yeah i actually use stamps wow and i i well, yeah, like you're, you put like, your code on it, and the school puts a stamp yeah. on it. Okay. I got, a, okay. I got a bunch of them right here. Yeah. But let me see those names. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think, it, and certainly when, when kids come visit, it's something that the parents and, and the recruits often bring up like, yeah, I got, I got your letter, or I got that picture you sent me, or I got, you know. It's just something different. And I don't know that kids nowadays appreciate the written letter the way that maybe we do or we did. You know, I, one thing that um, I believe that we have in common that we actually just discovered um, just like recently, although Shannon and I, I mean, we worked camps together before, but I think really this summer we finally like connected. We bonded. We yeah. did bond. Yeah, yeah we, did. we did bond. We did. Yeah. Um, I believe it was over boy bands and 90s music. Yeah. You said it. That's that's precisely what happened. Okay, I I, I was thinking it had something to do with music and something to I, do I with. I think the apex of the bonding was when Slim Shady came on and we looked into each other's eyes. That's and right. Word for that's word, wrapped correct. the whole song, and then it was awkward but also great. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm now fogging through the memory. I'm remembering that. <laughs> um, but Shannon and I were chatting, and we figured out that we have something really in common. Is I am not the only person. Who Nick doesn't respond text to anymore? That um, Shannon is suffering the same um, itis that I get. Um, so Nick, how can you explain to both of us now about this well, this texting problem that you've this is established in twenty twenty? No, I mean honestly, like outside of my fiance, I'm really terrible about responding to text for everyone. So like, you you guys, I, you guys, that's a lie. like, why is that a lie? Because before, listen to me, before she came along. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Shannon will attest to this. Before, but I, here I am saying it. We would text every day, all the time, anything about the show, anything just soccer related. And now it's like, since 2020's come along, I send a message. And then like three days later, he's like, oh, hey, man. Yeah, that sounds perfect to me. No, but like, see, you guys are a part of like the, I mean, honestly, you guys eventually get them back. That's better than some people. I'm just really bad about texting back. I don't even like really using my phone. Um, like I swear. Wait, like, 
If you weren't planning scene, a wedding Sean, for 5,000 people, you'd be able to respond. This <laughs> is what I told you. He just said it doesn't like his phone, which is why we're all going to transition to email. My subject line is going to be something vague like Shannon 2020 super fast recruit would fit in your system. And then. Yeah, she did I some I absolutely respond to that. No, but like, I don't know about you guys. Like sometimes like I, like when you're dealing with recruits and everything, like sometimes I just like need to like not like touch my phone for a little bit. And then yeah. you also texted me at like, I, I just realized it was like six o'clock in the morning. Like who's awake at that time? I did or she did? I am. Shit. Okay. She texted me at, at like six wait, At least Listen. I wait till like noon. I was, I woke up today and I was like, today is soccer chat day. And that that was the first thought in my head at 6 a.m. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to text Rizzo because today is the day. Uh, I just like that you guys have a really cute bonding story because me and Shannon's bonding story was I like we we become like (laughs) friends over like the last year and a half. And it's literally because we sat down next to each other at a showcase and just started making fun of each other five minutes into meeting. Like, I still remember, like, you started giving me crap, like literally five minutes in a meeting. I was like, this is, this is how this is going to be. Well, and then- you were wearing a massive triathlon watch at a recruiting event. I was <laughs> like, Hey man, slow down. Where are you going? <laughs> and it was the only watch I own. But then I realized that we were going to be best friends forever. Cause then, well, I- yeah, then we were like, wait, do you do Iron Man? What? Yes. Shannon is also an Iron Man, Sean. I, yeah, I've, I'm well aware of this. Um, Iron Man. I am not. Um, but you guys, uh, I just looked it up. Um, Nick, you got a text message from Shannon at 6 a.m. this morning. I got mine at 3.56 p.m. Well, that's, I, I would, I would have been awake for that one. I was not awake for the 6 a.m. one. We're getting, we're getting off track. We're going back to track right now. Um, but Shannon, one of the things that I think was cool about you, like when I first initially met you was how, like, I don't think people know your background, both like you literally just sped through your background as a player and a coach in like 20 seconds. And I really think that's a pretty cool story. Where are you initially from? Like, where'd you grow up at? I grew up in Georgia in the South, y'all. In the South. She's a, she's a little Southern belle. <laughs> you don't have that Southern accent. Where'd it go? It's suppressed. You know, I feel like the farther you move North, it just, you push it further down in you, you know, just so I can yeah. blend. Are you like me that where when you talk to your family who do have one that it like comes back? It's been known to come out. That was when I was in college. Like anytime, like if I would talk to my grandparents before class, my performance teacher, as soon as we'd walk in, we'd be doing our words of the week. And he would just be like, he'd listen to me and he'd be like, you just talked to your grandmother, didn't you? And I would be like, yes, I did. He'd be like, I can tell. Stop doing that. And like, so how'd you end up at Tampa? What happened to get you there? So my, I lived with my dad growing up and my mom lived in Tampa and jokingly in the, in the recruiting process, I was playing for top hat at the time. She was like, Hey, you should go to university of Tampa. I was like, mom, you're just trying to get me to move closer to you. And I went on a visit, saw the school, saw, you know, kind of looked, I didn't really know much about division two, to be honest. And started to kind of look more into that and it and opened my eyes to a different world. You know, I feel like I was one of those people that was looking at division one, you know, with blinders on. So walked around university of Tampa and saw what they were doing and, you know, thought it was going to be a great fit. And like I said, I had an amazing experience there. Like what was it, were you guys good initially right when you got there or was it kind of a growing process? Yeah. They were they, good when she got there. 
yeah, they were, <laughs> they were, they were good. And they, it was certainly on the upswing. You know, I think my, my first and second year, um, we were in the elite eight, my freshman year. And then sophomore year, we were in the final four, lost to Grand Valley state. And then my junior year went back and won. Did you guys have to play Grand Valley State again your junior? We did. And it was awesome. And I certainly have taken that experience kind of going forward with teams that I coach now. And I relate it, you know, our first year in the Final Four, we were kind of wide-eyed, freaking out playing Grand Valley State. These girls that, in my memory, were six foot three, all of them, right? Um, so definitely the the next year when we went back, we were a little bit more seasoned. We were, we were ready for it, kind of had been there before and approached the game much differently. Was uh was Dave Diani the Iowa coach at Grand Valley when you guys were there? I actually I actually couldn't tell you. I was gonna say like have you met him yet? Because he's a, he's a good friend of the show too. Oh well, I'll have to expand my network then. I, well, I'll let you know. Like like I'll I'll look it up later. But then one time you can tell him like, hey, even though you won like five national titles, I beat, yeah, I, beat <laughs> I beat you for one of them. So yeah, you you let us have one of those. Goodness. <laughs> But that's awesome. And then, like, you kind of talked about that you weren't initially looking into coaching. When did that change? Was it a conversation? Was it a person? What what ended up making that something that you started looking at a little bit more seriously? I think I, I kind of started to touch on this, but I think when it really started to resonate with me was when I started going on interviews with these, you know, business jobs and just kind of realizing that I would be lacking that that contact and that service aspect, you know, what, what we do is so special. The fact that, you know, we get to have these kids for four of the most important years of their, of their entire life, arguably the most transitional years. And, you know, when I was interviewing for those different, different jobs in sales and marketing, I just didn't feel that I had that connection and that I could have that impact on people. Yeah. And like, what was the first coaching job then? So after I was a GA, my first coaching job was at University of Montevallo. And and like, how'd you find them? Or what, like, what was the process of getting there? Just, I mean, through through network, through friends. The two references in my resume at the time, I feel like they did and still do know everybody, and um, they were very very kind in helping guide me, and I'm very thankful. And then Carnegie Mellon was the next one. Yep. And then I, and so like, what, what was what, like, what was it like transitioning to a school like that? Where, cause I mean, we've talked about a little bit, but Carnegie Mellon is a completely different bird academically, everything. Unreal. I mean, like people like what, what's it, what's the tuition up to right now? We were talking about this the other day. 77. Which is insane. And like people pay like what? Full, full boat to go there. Yeah. So Sean, you want to talk about putting your MBA to use, go, go sell a school that's 77,000 with no merit aid. Nope. Right. So what was it like getting there and starting with that job? So it, it, you know, I definitely, there was a huge education process even for myself because when one of my friends told me about the job and that they were division three, you know, I kind of said, uh, you know, I'm, looking for something a little higher I just didn't know and you know ended up applying and and was thankful to get an interview and went on campus and I was absolutely blown away by the facilities the funding just everything and um 
later down the road just to learn so much about the school and the history and it, it's just remarkable those are some of the best and brightest in the world and the things that those kids are accomplishing just blows your mind every day no it's not like I mean for me like just even watching all like, like I I've looked at it up after after <laughs> getting to know you and everything it, it's, it's amazing absolutely... say again Sean I said it's I amazing sorry oh I mean, it's ridiculous. Like the facilities are absolutely nuts. Like for you, what do you think, what was the most difficult part? Cause you played at the division two level. What was the most difficult transition going to a division three school like that to, to, to recruit at, to coach at, to transition to? So one of the interesting things specific to Carnegie Mellon and schools like it, you know, if one of the one of the first times I was running a, a simple passing pattern, I think it was when I first started a warm up, let's say, and I explained it all and I had gone over all the things in my head. I'm like, it's going to be perfect. And I'm going through it. And so I'm like, any questions? Kid raises her hand I'm like, yep. So technically, coach, if every third pass, like you said, then we would do this rotation. And then technically this person, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You guys are too smart for your own good, right? And then to fast forward to Aurora, and I go through this same like flashback. I'm like, all right, I'm going to nail my first session. I got this. I've thought of all the rules. There's no way that anyone can ask me a question. Kid raises their hand. I'm thinking, Shannon, you are so ready for this. Coach, um, are we wearing pink or blue? I, I only see purple pennies. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm back Simplified. with my people. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely uh, on the on the aspect of Carnegie Mellon. They just it's it's just a very a highly intelligent student athlete. They think about things differently. They retain information differently, and they are very black and white with instruction. So that was different. Do you, like, and when you first got there, what was like the environment like? What was the team like? Were were they, you guys were pretty good the year that you got there, or was it one that you guys had to grow into a little bit? We were still kind of growing into it. Jan had been there two years when I uh, got there. And my first year in 2012, that was the first time in program history that we went to the NCAA tournament. So it was a, it was a really, it was really cool, really special year. What, what's it like playing in that conference? <laughs> well, you see these gray hairs that I have now. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a different beast. And I, I, I could appreciate it then, but now, you know, obviously coaching in the knack and looking back to the UAA, you know, at any given time, you have six teams that could be ranked in the top 25 of eight. Yeah, that's that's it. like I remember one weekend we were traveling to play WashU and University of Chicago. And at the time they were ranked number one and number two in the country. Yeah. How do you prepare for that weekend? And so oh, yeah. I. You know, so I've even had these moments now as a head coach kind of revisiting old times at Carnegie Mellon and trying to think, you know, how would I have handled that differently? What would I have done? And and I actually had that moment where I thought about that Wash U in Chicago weekend and and I had the small like pit in my stomach, like, oh man. It's just it's it's it it is a different beast. Well, I just thought it was like this year, like you're the fifth place team who was two and five in conferences in the NCAA tournament. Like that's that's how good the conference is. Yeah, and, and there are days I feel like it'd be a miracle if someone from the NAC uh, were to go who didn't win the NAC. Yeah. Oh, you no. know. Yeah. 
And so for you, what was uh, what was the thought process behind like moving from the assistant role to, at Carnegie Mellon to Aurora University? It it was getting to be time, and I felt myself having those thoughts more and more. How would I run this? What would I do in this? You know, how would I develop team culture? And and a few opportunities came along, and they just weren't the right fit. And obviously, coming from you know from the UAA, it's a tough conference to leave. And I just felt that when I went on the interview at Aurora, I felt that it was a great fit, that I would be well supported and, you know, definitely has an awesome family atmosphere. And I felt like it was a place that I could be successful. Yeah. Like, and like when you first got to Aurora and everything, what was like the, the, the interview process like? What was your initial impressions like? It's cool for me because I, I had to work there for two years. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. I was I was really impressed. What stood out about Aurora is how well they I think they do a great job of branding. You know, when you walk around, it sounds dumb, but when you walk around and you see the blue benches or you see the different billboards and you see like when you're in different places on campus, you you always know where you are. You always can see that logo peeking out. And um, it's just a really I, I really love the family atmosphere. Every person that I came into contact with on my interview, I felt that they genuinely loved working at Aurora and many people there, which you can appreciate, Nick, have a deep history to Aurora. They went there, they had a family member that went there. They, you know, have some tie to the community, which I just love. No. And like, what was like that first season, like going in being a head coach? Cause like you said, you went from being a player to a GA to an assistant to an assistant. And then now you're suddenly in the head coaching role. Like what were the most exciting parts about that first season? I think for me, in in little ways, when when I started to see the culture that we were trying to create kind of peek its head out in different ways, or when when I saw that the team were having started to have realizations of what we were trying to change, that it was that it would work. And and just when you start to experience that the team is buying in, those moments and knowing that you you held the reins in that situation and that you made those decisions, that was pretty cool. Yeah, like for like I, I think it's just like a cool experience like I remember my first like even season even though like our season didn't go incredibly well the first season I was here it was just it was really cool to just kind of have your own say in what was going on and even have like a slight vision of what you wanted going forward yeah I, I actually remember in the first week someone came in my popped in my office and asked me a question and my my initial reaction was like let me ask and I just kind of stop them like, hmm, I'll get back to you, actually, <laughs> realizing <laughs> I had to answer the question. <laughs> what was the uh, you mentioned, you know, your first practice and, and you got everything lined out and then the the player yeah. responds the way they did. What was, uh, you know, obviously doing all the the previous assistant work and then GA stuff. When was the first moment for you? Um, obviously, we feel like we're ready to be a head coach uh, when that time yeah. calls. But when was the moment for you at Aurora where that light bulb went off and you were like, yeah, the, like, I am a head coach. Like, I, I've got this. Not so much like I've got this. I'm the best ever of all time, which you are. But like, when did you feel like the most comfortable of like, all right, like I'm in this. I feel significantly confident. I think that <laughs> significantly confident. I think that's that's something I'm still growing into every day in this job but I think I would just say in that first season 
you know, through through different meetings that we had with the captains when I just started to realize that they were were buying into what I was saying and that they were were trusting in me and and believing in what I was saying. And then I just kind of I started to really have that feeling like, wow, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm I'm actually going to make a difference in these kids lives. And they're listening. So I, I think that's really cool. You uh, you, you I, I know why I just thought about this. Um, <laughs> how did it feel? Um, we, I saw you at the Red Stars game when all the World Cup players came back uh, yeah. and they were honoring Red Star alumni. But you, Shannon, got the biggest reaction uh, from our section uh, <laughs> of anyone on the field. How did that feel? That was pretty cool. That was a very cool. modest answer. That is so you. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. With uh, the way the season was this year, you know, what's kind of been your focus uh, of you as a coach? Obviously, you have your ideas of what your team needs to be uh, working on in the spring, getting ready for the fall. But what were the things that uh, when you did that kind of self-evaluation after the season was over with, if you've done it uh, already, uh, that you said, OK, this spring for me, this is what I, I'm going to be focusing on. For this spring, what I what I'm focusing on is is being more cl- more clear. <clears throat> Excuse me, the cold is coming back. It's traveling through my microphone back to you. Yeah, yeah thank you. Well, you things... sent it to me through your text, like three weeks ago. <laughs> well, so. there you go. One of the things I, that I've been focusing on this spring and going forward is being more clear, because clear is kind. And I think sometimes when we give feedback to players. You know, we may try and wrap it in this nice ball and, and hand it to them gently and say, here, this is what I think. Right. And, you know, maybe because of relationships we have with them. And the fact of the matter is that's it's not kind. You know, we need to be crystal clear in how we're delivering information. Tell them exactly where they stand, where they're at in the depth chart. And, you know, I found myself kind of at a crossroads between, you know, having programs from, you know, or players from the old regime. And then, you know, in year two, you're mixing in your, your newer players. And sometimes it can be challenging to navigate those conversations with, with, you know, maybe older players or players that, that are, are coming from a different culture. What, uh, you know, I clear as kind. I like that. Brene um, Brown. Okay. Okay. So like, what, what, what are you reading? What are you, uh, what, what's the study? How, how are you, how are you going to become more clear like Larry Bird? <laughs> well, one thing that I, that I've tried to be a lot better about is, you know, I think, I think we all get in the habit of, of scheduling player meetings and I'm doing a hundred thousand things and, oh no, you know, so-and-so is coming in and, and you rush and you close your laptop and you're like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to meet. Right. And so I've really made a conscious effort where let's say, okay, I know Nick is coming in today. So in the morning when I'm drinking my coffee, can I jot down some notes? So I'm, so I'm very clear with my thoughts and okay, I need to talk to, to Nick about this. And this is how I feel when he does this. And this is how I feel he can perform better. So that way when we have the conversation, it's not an afterthought with the kids and it's not, hang on, let me just close my laptop real quick. It's like, no, I knew you were coming. I've prepared for this. This is what we're going to talk about. And this is how I feel. And I think you really get that that buy-in from the kids when they know that you, they're, they're not just an afterthought. You, you've put a lot of time and effort into what you're about to say to them. When you think about time and effort, I, it makes me think of bounce athletics. Um, you know, these guys have put out some great stuff. Nick and I got to, to meet with them at convention. They're now partners with the show. 
Uh, and, and still to this day, Nick and I are talking about some of the equipment that, that we got to see in Baltimore. Yeah, no, it was nuts. And I think just meeting them in person and talking to them about how they're going to customize things for you and how they can really make it very specific to your program is one of the coolest aspects about bounce athletics. And again, if you meet the people there, you're instantly going to become just as good of friends with them as me and Sean are. Absolutely. And they've got the brand new aluminum uh, awesome that I can actually say that word now. I spent like 20 years of my life never being able to say aluminum. Uh, they get these new aluminum folding dynamo goals uh, that are the world's most portable and durable small-sided goal. They weigh only 19 pounds, taking five seconds to set up or fold up. They're being used by the entire North American soccer uh, spectrum from recreational programs all the way to the MLS. They're available in 3x5 and 4x6. The Dynamo Goal requires no staking, so it's perfect for all training surfaces. And if you want to get fancy with it, they will personally do net customization uh, for those who want to create that professional training environment. Visit www.dynamogoal.com for complete details. Nick, you're going to go check this out. I know as soon as we get done with this, you're going to get online right now. Dynamogoal.com. The goals start at only $257 per goal with free shipping and... If you're listening to the show right now, make sure to mention that you're a Soccer Chat listener and you're going to get $50 off your first purchase when you order using the offer code SOCCERCHAT at your checkout. So go check it out, dynamogold.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT and get a $50 discount on your first Dynamo Gold purchase. Shannon. You guys are so thoughtful. I have my my budget meeting this week and I, you know, that you are so thoughtful. What a great idea. Well, I mean, absolutely. Um, if you haven't seen the Dynamo goal, you really need to. I I I jot I wrote down a note. <laughs> that and that's that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you market. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of training equipment, I mean, like Bounce Athletics, they've got fantastic training balls, they've got fantastic game balls and pennies. You know, for you, what is the what's what's a good piece of training equipment that you just absolutely have to have? uh at, at all training sessions or at games with you i you know i gotta say I, I keep it i keep things pretty simple but i i i do have lots of colors of cones i'm very anal cones about color home? coding and how many, that's embarrassing uh <laughs> no it's not uh i i don't know because my wife thinks that i have a lot i'm like honey i don't even have anywhere near what i know a lot of other people have yeah, I, I've seen I've seen some pretty impressive collections, and I I'm not there I'm not on those levels yet, but I do have an absurd array of colors. Let, do you say. have a hundred cones? I do. More than a hundred? I don't think no. I don't think I have more than a hundred. I think mine's I right at well okay. So I bought a hundred pack like two years ago, and then I had some like leftovers that I still rocked that had various colors. So I'm gonna say I'm at roughly like one fifteen. Rizzo? Um, to be honest, I just show up and they're there. <laughs> I never have like I never I never run out. I have no yeah. idea how many there are though. Reese is listening yeah. to this right now, like, yeah, homeboy, I take care of all the cones. I mean, she would definitely be a better person to ask about pretty much everything that has to do with the anything other than like the actual running of the practices. I feel yeah, like as, know, as long as I have my different colors and, and got my pug goals, I'm, I'm, I'm a simple person in terms of, of training gear. 
Nick always has has been very proud proud of saying, you know, I'm just a guy. You just tell me where to be at, and I'm there. I and I it constantly, I, I can it see constantly that. makes me think of like how much of an MVP Katie Reese is. Oh, dude. Well, like I joke with you all the time. Like if you look at my life, like the three major parts of my life, my personal <laughs> life, I have Kelly to run everything. In my coaching life, I have Katie to run everything. And in like my soccer chat life, you run everything. And I like literally I just get to show up to like three different things and I just get to do stuff. And it's great. I don't have to organize anything. Like people just tell me where to go and what to do. And it just, I don't know, I feel I feel like I, I'm pretty lucky with the the three main people around my life just kind of doing all the stuff and I just get to I just get to be a part of it. Make a new t-shirt. I'm wow. the one who I'm I'm the one who doesn't do all the stuff. <laughs> That'd be the best. Ha- hashtag happy to be a part of it. Yes. Happy to be a part of it. Absolutely. Uh, you talked about like marketing that that the school's doing, and and it made me because you talked about the logo, and it just made me think of. Um, I'll always remember uh, my sister-in-law went to University of Michigan for undergrad. I remember one time um, being there with her and her talking about. Um, they had done some type of study and that the average student sees the block M. I want to say it was like, it was some astronomically high number um, because, and then there was another stat about every student on campus has a minimum of, I want to say it was like 15 block M's on them at all times. So with you, like, you know, how important is that marketing that the school does that when you have these uh, uh, potential student athletes on campus that they're really getting that image in their mind of not just, uh, you know, what Aurora looks like, but they're getting that specific image of Aurora that's sticking in their brains. Well, I think it's especially important when you're at a, a small school and where, you know, perhaps at times it might only be regionally known. And so, you know, I've even gone as far as after my first year, I stopped getting, the little AU logo because at recruiting events, I was finding that people didn't know what that was, right? I'm out in California, like what's AU? So I started getting this huge block Aurora across my chest, just so that it was absolutely clear what school that I was. And, you know, so, so even small things like that, just try and make it more important and more recognizable. So people get used to seeing that name. Um, And I, Aurora's done a great job recently. They, they hired a communications company and they, they, did a couple different videos where they interviewed student athletes and people that work on campus and, you know, showed different facilities and they made these short videos, which, you know, kids nowadays, we send them an email and, and anything that they can, they can just, or a text, they can click a link on and open. They're much more likely to look at. So the fact that now kids all over the country, you know, we can send them a quick video and, and very quickly they can say, wow, your athletic department looks awesome. Or wow, you know, campus is beautiful. It's huge. And I, I try and do my best to to let communications know I appreciate what they're doing and, and I am using it heavily in recruiting. You bring up a very good point that I've I've had some conversations with the coaches that um, I've argued the point. I don't how you mentioned like you just have AU. Well, you know, there may be people wherever you may be traveling that don't know what AU is. They, there's how many other AUs um, in the country at the same time. Uh, but the importance of actually you know, putting something with the actual name on your shirts uh, and your coaching gear, like that's massive. And like, you know, from doing that now at Aurora, like, have you noticed a difference in 
when you're wearing just the AU or then when you're when you're wearing your shirt that actually says Aurora on it? What I found is especially recruiting on the West Coast, there are more managers that will say, Oh, Aurora, I, I remember you were here last year. Oh, I remember you. I get a lot more of those conversations than when I just had, you know, the small logo where where it's no matter how charming I, I am to them, it's just in passing. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely, I definitely had a lot more luck with the name recognition and some of it too, of course, is, is just being out there, you know, time and time again, but definitely I feel this was a bit of a rookie mistake my first year. Right. And, and if there was a time to make a mistake, that's the one. Yeah. Well, I nailed it. And now, yeah. Uh, now you'll notice even even our uniforms, we've got that big block fo- uh, font across the chest. And you were talking about the videos, too. Have you seen, and I think Nick has seen this, um, but have you seen the one that Carthage did with uh, Ian Wilson where yeah. he looks like <laughs> an absolute star? I oh. mean, just oozes star. I mean, he's diesel in that one. Like, he looks, he's real quality in that one. This looks like freaking espn or nbc sports made some type of promo video for carthage like like i might go to carthage yeah uh like you'd have to get in shannon i don't know if you're i don't know if you're smart enough to get into carthage but but see exhibit a where that was a memorable video and this is where you know now everything that we do culturally it's very it's very visual Right. And the things that are memorable, we're all on Instagram, we're all on Facebook, we're all constantly looking at videos. So if you can nail that, I mean, it's memorable. Are, are you now going to go to this company at Aurora and say, hey, I need you to do a video of me? <laughs> Here's what I Show, really need. Showcase this. <laughs> no, no. But we we definitely even even on our social media, all jokes aside, we've tried to put some more effort into to putting videos out and, and jokingly last preseason, we put out a video showing our locker room. I put in, uh, with my assistant, we put in led lights. It looked really cool. That was and super awesome. See, I was recruiting and I had a couple coaches. I think Joe Sager was one of them. He's like, thanks a lot. I had to go out and buy led lights. Cause I saw your stupid video. I'm like, great. If, if that's gotten this far and you're talking about this to me 10 months later, it worked. I love Joe. Right? Some random person is like, your locker room is sick. I'm like, thank you. Great. Don't you don't you got like some speakers up in there too and everything? Hey, you know, we gotta have a dance party. Also, you got club dub in the locker room. Yeah. That's a, that's that's an Illinois thing, club dub. I don't think you're allowed to do it outside the state of Illinois. Really? Yeah. Cause I think like I think the Bears like claim that they started that, putting oh, the lights oh, up oh, and oh. blaring the music. And then you celebrate after you win, you celebrate having a dance party. Yeah. Well, the the issue is now I'm, I'm already brainstorming for next preseason. I don't know. I'm trying to think what I can add to make it more majestical. I think a strobe light is a bit much, you know, disco ball fog machine. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny, but I mean, it, these, the little things, it, the little things make a difference and they add up. What about an actual DJ in the locker room? Is the DJ you? Um, well, I could one time. <laughs> I heard it's your side hustle. That's why I asked. Oh, is it my side hustle? Well, I mean, back in the day, your boy was, was a, was I a mean, DJ, but yeah, I think you told me you were available for, uh, for weddings. 
I uh, yes, yes. I didn't know if Rizzo was hiring you or if you know. No, I that's should put you on, talk, if I should put you on my list. Briefly. So like one of the things that me and Callie were doing for the wedding is like we don't actually want like one MC. We just want like the MC to be like kind of a community thing where we give like four people in charge of the mic and they can just take it at any point in the in the night that they want. So like Sean Sean's in that conversation right now. I I asked him if I could officiate. Like I would literally go get my license to no, officiate. But I, I, I told you, like Kelly's super Catholic, so like we kind of have to use like a actual Catholic. And I'm not, yeah, there's, and there's that rules. would make that would make for a fantastic. I still think it would make for a fantastic wedding. I, I just don't like. I, again, I agree, but like her dad is literally a deacon, so like I, I feel like we would struggle to get this through. I don't have a lot of say. I don't even know what that means, but I, I still think I could pull it off. Again, I, just, I just don't have as much say as you guys are like even suggesting. Like I get like three things, and that's it. I'm still really trying to convince her to let me wear copas for the wedding, and it's it's not going over super well right now. Like you want to wear boots no no copas yeah yeah boots like soccer boots like indoor shoes yeah you mean sambas yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, sambas. no like copas like sambas are like those are like for like 12 year olds like uh excuse me about... that's what everyone wore in my wedding yeah jerk well, <laughs> sorry well this suddenly got weird <laughs> yeah i went out and bought bought white on white sambas for okay, everyone white on white's legit white on white get out of here Digging out. Like, I'm talking about like the old school copas with like the long tongues. You know what I'm talking about? I, I yeah, do. that's the sambas. I just thought they were the sambas. Too. No, like, sambas have like the short tongues. Like no, they don't. Are... Okay, the well I'm thinking sambas. of a completely different shoe. You're thinking of the actual boot with with studs on it. See, this is the real question that should have been on soccer chat tonight. I don't know what you guys were. I mean, talking about with Rondo's on Twitter. I think all I know is you guys are copas. probably at the same table, and so you guys will you guys will just have a real big time. Yeah, the coaches' table I feel is going to be a, just a next level table. Like the this like the like how my big is this club. table? You're going to have five thousand people at your wedding, and I'm going to assume that a thousand of those are coaches. So how big is this coaches' table? No, like we honestly like. Not, I don't know, like, not as many as you think, like 30 to 40. That's a massive table. No, but like that, not everyone can go at one table. Like there's going to oh. be like, I think there are, I think the there's going to be still. pennies. Everybody put on your color. Yeah, is that how we know what table to go to? Hold it above your head. Like, yeah. uh, like that's what we'll do. We'll like do like the youth soccer thing. I'll be like, you're going to table one. And then you have everyone hold it above their head. Two, three. You guys Actually, are have you? I do have a question. Have you guys gotten invited uh, back to any of your players' weddings yet? Yes. Yeah. How cool is that? Dude, it's so awkward. much fun. It's it's I'm, even more awkward when when they're um, younger than you, and at the time you're not married or dating anybody, and you're going back for what? your players' weddings. Well, considering well, that was all of them until next May, yes, it was super awkward. Like I I was having players having like full on families. Before I oh. even like got close to meeting my wife. Correct. You know, Absolutely. we all have, we all have our own timeline, and the the faster that you realize that you everyone has their own story, it's life goes a lot better for you. Okay. But before we get out of here, can we talk about two things? Can we talk about one thing where Shannon's fiance <laughs> thinks I'm trying to steal her from Shannon, <laughs> and two that you literally just getting engaged because I got engaged like a month before you. You know. You know? I just, I just like you straight up copied me. 
is why it's yeah kind of i was like from. nick rezzo's the coolest person i know and the only way i can think <laughs> to get on his level is it's, to also be engaged so we can talk about wedding things let's see and we have we, we have done those things <laughs> so, so the plan's working are there going to be five thousand people at your wedding negative and i was i was talking to nick like trying to compare numbers and because we're having similar conversations and i almost died when he said 700 like i i i I, it's insane. I'm still in shock and talking about it with people who don't know Nick Rizzo because I can't. I can't. Did Kim it, Kardashian have like, 700? Even, even the, I don't know. Even it's, though he, he he explains it perfectly. Uh, one person's got like 25 brothers and sisters. Another person has 25 brothers and sisters. Another one's got 35 brothers and sisters and so on, so on, so on. 100,000 grandkids and everything, whatnot. It's still insane. Like I can remember when we were planning ours my wife being like, this is the maximum because they always say you shoot high because I forget what the percentages of people who actually show up. It's like 75 uh, percent. And so um, like I remember when I was like, oh, like I know, you know, here what about all these people. And then she was just like, no, we are maxing out at this and it's staying that way. I was like, all right. So, yeah, when so, he told me the number, I was just like, dude, your wife must really love you. We're at 722 right now. Get out yeah. of here. I I can't. Those are numbers. My brain. My he's gonna have. Brain he's gonna can't. have to rent out the like freaking Rosemont Convention Center. It it actually is. A, it's like a mini convention center. It's like a place. Like it's literally like like the like at Baltimore. You know, like the downstairs area where they did all the vendors. Yeah. It's like a place that kind of looks like that, I, but with I, tables and speakers and a dance floor. I can't. Well. Well, you guys will be there, so you'll see what it looks like. And if you don't That's, show up, I'll be deeply offended because I've already asked you both for your Please, address. as as soon as I have the date, I'm gonna mark it in my calendar in permanent marker. That means it's serious. He'll yeah. he'll he'll shoot me a text about it four days after the wedding. That's <laughs> not true. I already asked you for your address. Did you? Yes, I did. My that's my CTE kicking in. Yeah, we we have to go, Sean. We're leading the dynamic warm up before the dancing. Yes, FIFA 11 plus everybody. That line up happen. on the dance floor. I. I went to a wedding where two coaches got married um, and the groomsmen all got up and they were, I thought they were going to do a dance and they all were wearing sambas and they proceeded to do a dynamic warm up, cones and everything. It was hilarious. Well, I mean, your boy does like to dance and I, you, at my age, you gotta, you gotta stretch a little bit before that happens. So I'm all in on that. Yeah. I'm just trying to be thoughtful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Shannon, what is, if you were to say um, for 2020, you've got this like sign that hangs above your head that goes with you everywhere. What is your sign going to say? Ooh, for 2020. When you walk around campus, there's a sign above your head and everyone sees it. What's it saying? Did you just think of this question? Uh, not really. It's one I've wanted to ask for a while and I've kind of taken <laughs> it from a, uh, a TV show that I like. Um, but I just kind of changed up the explanation on it. I don't know. I think, uh, I think I would enjoy a sign that said work in progress. That works. I mean, but with yeah. a positive spin, like every day I wake up, I'm, I'm trying to, to grow and be better and, and improve and become something greater. Will you make a graphic for me that's your picture of you walking and there's a sign <laughs> above it that says work in progress? 
That I can. And then I then I can feel happy that I used my MBA and, and the time and money was worth it. Absolutely. And it wouldn't be uh, I've gotten a lot of flack because I haven't asked this question in a really long time. Um, but I feel like I know the answer. If you could describe your coaching philosophy in a song, what song would that be? Lord. As I'm attempting not to hack up my lungs, I really need to cough really bad, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Staying professional. <laughs> I admire you. I've been I've been holding back the cough as well. There's got to be some song that when you hear it, you're just like, "Yeah, that's me." I have no. Do you have Do you have an answer to this? F- uh, for you or for me? For you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what Nick's is? I don't. Nick, what is your song that describes your coaching personality? Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody <laughs> Wang Chung tonight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a great song. I don't know why you wouldn't want that as your team's theme song. Currently yeah. my team's theme song though, like for this year was the boys are back in town. For people who have followed the show along, I accidentally called my girls the boys at one point, and they decided that that was going to be their theme song for the rest of the year. So their theme song this year was the boys. Wow. You said, like, boys come here? Yes. Actually, I was in the middle of a game, and I said, come on, boys, and everyone heard it. And so their theme song this year was the boys are back in town. At least they took that and ran with it. Oh, dude, they were real excited about it. Like, it was, like, on all their hashtags for the rest of the year. So there's got to be something, Shannon. Yeah, I'm going to have to think on this one, but in my in my in-between answer, it's got to be, for now, it's it's for this year, the theme of this year, it's probably got to be Hit Me Baby one more time as I got two yes. concussions, two concussions in practice this year. Oh, my <laughs> God. So you're so soft. Shay. I am so soft. I, <laughs> I've gotten more injuries since I finished playing than ever when I was playing. <laughs> Someone talked me through. I tore my Achilles tendon six years ago. I've Jeez. had like three or four concussions. Yeah. That's like one of my biggest fears in my life is tearing my Achilles tendon. I don't know it, why, but it, I have an irrational it's horrible. fear for that injury. It, it's horrible. It's not irrational. It's it's horrible. And the recovery takes forever. And your calf not never comes back quite the same very sad how long was your recovery how long was your recovery when the doctor said you are 100 perfect go back do everything well i 10 10 months after my surgery i ran a marathon Uh, you should holler at your boy i was five months and 11 days okay kobe speaking of actually he he came back. You'll have to Google exactly, but after he ruptured his Achilles, he came back in a remarkable amount of time. We can yeah. talk about a legend. And I didn't even like. I had a player whose dad was a uh, physical therapist and was like, "Don't do rehab. Do this one thing for like two hours a day, and you'll come back faster than ever." And my surgeon was just like, every time I went back for checkups, he was like, "I don't understand how this is happening." And I was like, "It's magic, man. It's magic." That's that's amazing. That's a great fun fact. You're kind of superhuman. That's not that's not normal. Don't tell anybody. While I'm, you I'm guys not going are, to. While you all are the Iron Man, I am superhuman, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, Shannon. I knew you had it in you. Shannon, Shannon, Shannon. I'm glad we got to talk with you. Yeah, it was about time. It was about time. Uh, and you weren't at the last exact camp, so I didn't get to talk to you there. 
Um, so, you know, somebody's listening to this and they're like, dang, man, that's Shannon. She's pretty cool, man. I want to know more about, I want to know more about Aurora. I want to know more about using my MBA that I don't use for coaching. How can, how can somebody get in contact with you? I would say, Nick, just call me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, either either instagram or twitter and it's shagnew five i didn't know you had a twitter until today when you followed soccer yeah yeah you know i i loved twitter in 2010 through 14 and was all about it and thought i was a comedian and such and then i kind of went dormant and recently i felt inspired to to get back in the community partially because of you guys oh stop it so so you do i mean you are funny um <laughs> we should we should do an open mic night one night yay get a bunch of coaches get a bunch of coaches oh i guarantee you we could do something awesome yeah i know you i know united soccer coaches listening to this you know this would be a fantastic idea at convention next year i i can't even imagine what kind of content would come out of that it'd be great be awesome i mean shannon back- Becky would be there for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She's, I mean, she's a legend, so, you know. Yes. She's too kind. She's too kind. Um, Shannon, you're awesome. You're a legend. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I'm glad we finally made this happen. You're not the only one. And, you know, sometimes I, I getting you on the show, I learned sometimes you just got to you just got to do things yourself. So I was just like, all right, I want to be Katie Some, Reese. I'm going to get Shannon on sometimes, since Nick's struggling to pull it off. Yeah, sometimes you can't rely on Nick, you know? You got to just do things yourself. All the time. Man, man. All the time, can't rely on Nick. All right, Shannon, you're awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Work in progress, everybody. <laughs> I am glad that we finally got to hang out and talk with Shannon because, again, it's funny that I haven't known her for that long. I think me and Shannon literally met uh, a year and three months ago at the North Carolina Showcase at Castle. But she's a person that I trust so much and we talk all the time now. And it's just a really good coach and a really good person. I think, like again, as we were talking, I was taking notes down and different things that like now that. I've talked to her about I'm going to use with my own team. And I I think it's just pretty cool because she's a person that just has a ton, a ton of experience that a lot of people could use. Absolutely. And don't let her lie to you. She's a, she is a comedian, very sarcastic, but she's super funny. Oh dude, literally the first time that we ever met, like why we became friends was I sat next to her. I introduced myself and we started making fun of each other within two, three minutes of talking. I was like, I need to hang out with this person more. Did you say, hey, I'm Nick Rizzo, MBA? No, I did not. I need to from now on, though. That's yes, going to be please. my new thing. It's my new thing. Um, the, everyone would appreciate that. I, now I want everyone who's listen, listening to this, if you happen to see Nick out and he introduces himself, make sure to remind him that he has to say Nick Rizzo, MBA. Nick Rizzo, MBA. Yeah, no. It, it's just got a good flow to it. It does. It does. And, and not Nicholas either. It's got to be Nick Rizzo. NBA. I have not gone by Nicholas since I was like two years old. Oh, that's why I, like the first like four months we did the show, I was like Nicholas Rizzo. 
Yep. You never you, you did didn't say and no. Then, like like literally no one ever like no one really ever uses my first name to be honest, but definitely no one calls me Nicholas. That's I mean same like with me. Like I think you and um are like Texker, my wife, my mom, and my like immediate family are like the only people who use my first name. Really? Yeah. I like your first name. I just like it because it's spelled with a U. And I don't know why, but I, I like it because I've only known Sean's with W's and I like that you're a Sean with a U. So are you saying that, you know, when this wedding happens in two years and then at some point baby Rizzo comes along that Sean is a potential name? No, Canada's. so actually we have names already planned out, but I'm not oh. saying them because Kelly yelled at me because I shared them with a few people and I'm bad at keeping secrets. Interesting. So that means I'll be getting a text message later on with these names. It's all right, everybody. I won't tell none of y'all because he'll send it to me um, probably four days after he remembers to text me. Um, lots of stuff. You know, you mentioned uh, you and Shannon had met at, at uh, a showcase and now it's like the the winter's starting to leave a little bit and then the warmer where i'm at the the weather's getting a little bit warmer a lot warmer it was like 65 this past weekend fantastic weather that we had uh for my my uh, club game on sunday um where are are, are are there any spots that you're heading to here in the next few weeks um there's a few showcases out um in the chicagoland area over the next few weeks um i know exact as a camp i'm gonna pop over to that for a little bit um, and then there's soccer's, which I'm going to head to and a few other ones, but yeah, no, just kind of some local ones. What about you? Uh, I have nothing currently at this moment in time. Like that's local. Um, well, no, I actually take that back. Um, I'm going to the, um, fire invitational, uh, that is in grand park in, uh, Westfield, Indiana, near Indianapolis. Um, I'm heading to that. That is the. Oh, goodness. Uh, the 12th of February. And then uh, I will see you and everyone else who's heading to Milwaukee at the end of February at the uh, Wisconsin Women in Soccer Advisory Council Symposium. Um, and then I I know I'll be at Crossroads. I always go to Crossroads every year in Indianapolis. That's in March. Um, but at the moment in time, I, I, I haven't really thought about like where I want to really hit up just because of like trying to figure some things out but i did get my i'm getting my summer uh bookings like i'm almost completed uh my wife enjoyed getting a massive barrage of emails is that a is that was that the word to use i'm getting the heads uh the head nod from uh my english major wife uh hot principal wife hashtag um of my dates that i've got uh, i i Again, going back to L.A., going back to Cali. I'm excited about that. Uh, and I'm also going back to um, Atlanta. I'll be back in Chicago. But I am going to go to two new places uh, for exact soccer that I've never been before. And I'm super excited about it. That would be awesome. Where are those places? I'm going to Connecticut, which I've never been to. Uh, I have a cousin that lives there. And I've never visited him before. Um, so I'm sure like, um, it's going to be awkward. Like I'm really awkward about like the Northeast. I don't know why I'm, I'm it's, it's there. I don't know what it is. Um, but then I'm also going, I've been wanting for a long time and here comes the accent. I've been wanting a long time to travel 
to the great state of Texas <laughs> and just walk around and just have this big old smile on my face and just look at people and say, Texas. I feel, like we, got some, I feel like we have some good soccer chat friends down there that could probably. We do. We do. And I'm, I'm, so I'm heading to Dallas and anyone who knows me knows like we all have like our notes that we take recruiting and like we have like vocabulary that only like we know what it means. But if someone else was to look at the notes, they wouldn't get it. Um, but and I'll, I'll out myself here. If you ever see my notes about a player and it just says Texas, that means that they are a very tough player. Yeah. So it's not where they're from. It's just if they're tough, they get one word on their uh, their little notes beside their names. Texas. Every time. Feel free to use that. No. What, 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 do you have like a secret like vocabulary that you use on on stuff like that? Or am I just the one who's weird? I, I, I do not. But like maybe I'm the weird one. Yeah, who knows? I, I, I need you if you your next showcase that you're at and you see a player that's tough, they're physical, but in a good way, I want you to write Texas beside their name and then send me a picture of it. <laughs> I can definitely do that. Oh, and speaking of notes, uh, I was looking in my backpack the other day and I have your Dutik book. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. So if I, I would assume it's something important. So I need to get that to you. I forgot about that. I was going to like hold off until your wedding and give it to you then. I have a few. Uh, if we're if we're being honest, I have a few of them. Yeah. Well, that, and I, that's what I realized. I was like, well, he does have like 50 Dutik books, but like he might them. need this specific one for something. So, uh, yeah, I'll figure out a way to get that to you. Or I may just wait until your wedding and give it to you. Um, then we've got some uh, we've got some live shows coming up that we're going to put out for you guys uh, for the, uh, from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore. Uh, we got to record a bunch of good shows there. We're going to start putting those out, uh, every couple of weeks for you guys. Uh, and then we're going to be heading up, like we said, to Milwaukee, to the, uh, the women's symposium where there's going to be some incredible guest uh, speakers who are going to be there. You've got Paula Wilkins, who we got to talk to in Baltimore. You've got Becky Burley, who we got to talk to in Baltimore. And we've talked to before on the show. Um, but you're also going to get Jill Ellis, who, by the way, and this is according to Becky Burley, came to our party in Baltimore. I mean, that's incredible. Like, we're not that cool. No, not at all. I mean, I, again, I, I, I feel like the next goal is now to like actually have a full conversation with her and like see, see how she reacts to people as dumb as you and me. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a good time. Jill's going to be there. I know that, um, there are only, this is coming out on Thursday, the sixth. That means there's only four more days to buy your tickets. If you haven't bought your ticket yet, check it out. Look up Wisconsin women in soccer. Uh, they're on Twitter. W I, uh, see, I'm, I know I'm going to get this wrong. I know I have it memorized. Um, W I women in soccer, uh, check them out on Twitter. Like I said, this comes out on Thursday the 6th. That means you've got four days left uh, to to get your tickets to, to hear great speakers. There's more than just Jill and Becky and Paula. There's other great speakers who are going to be there talking about various things. There's going to be um, – I know there's a grassroots course. I believe that's going to be the day before or day after. I think it's the day after maybe. Um, and it, Shannon and everybody and Don and everybody associated with uh, the Wisconsin – Women in Soccer Advisory Council. They put on a fantastic show. Last year was the first year. We're excited to be a part of it again this this upcoming uh, February, which we're in right now. 
Um, the NyQuil is kicking in. The DayQuil is kicking in. Actually, it's not the NyQuil because I need to go take the NyQuil. Nick, if someone wants to chat with you and talk about things that are going on in soccer or they're wanting to talk to you about why you have 7,220 people attending your wedding, how can they reach out to you? At Coach N. Rizzo. What about you, brother? Mine is at Coach Soldering. If you want to talk to me, I would talk to me through Twitter right now because I sound like crap. Uh, I got to get this crap out of my, my system. And I'm, I, I, the, I feel like the last two weeks I've let you guys down because I've sounded like this after we had like a bunch of hot uh, episodes where I was like all fired up and, and talking well. Um, and now it's like I sound super nasally and congested and I apologize for that. But we got to thank our good friends over at Dutik Brand. Check it out, dutikbrand.com. Use the promo code Soccer Chat to get yourself a sweet discount. Torx.com, T-O-R-R-X.com. Let them know that the boys from Soccer Chat sent you and get the world's greatest ball pump. Our new friends, Zach and the homies over at BounceAthletics.com. Use the promo code SoccerChat when you're purchasing your first order and get $50 off that. DynamoGold.com, $257 for an amazing, professional, and sturdy small-sided goal that you're going to absolutely love. And to our friends, Ellis Riley and the mates over at Soccer IQ. Check them out on Twitter, Soccer IQ one He's Nick, and I'm Sean. We're not brothers, but we're brothers. We are soccer coaches. And a year from now, we're going to both be married men. And that's going to finally make him understand some of these chats that we have uh, on, on Soccer Chat about being married and one day having kids. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to be like, I relate now. And it's going to be a great time. What do you I, think? I know that's, I mean, honestly, I'm really excited for that. And shout out to my son. His birthday was on Tuesday. And oh, not shout out and not shout out to Target and the Postal Service for ruining uh, dad's gift that never showed up to the house. That's a whole other story for another day. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And the best part about Soccer Chat is we get to do this all over again next week. Nick, we'll catch you later. See you later, brother. Uh, do you remember planning our wedding? Can you hear that? Yes. Okay. Um, what would you do if, like, we were doing our guest list and I looked at you and I was like, hey, um, I have a 722 people to invite. What would you say? Dope. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you that um, the only way that we could have a wedding was we had to legit rent out a convention center to f- hold everybody. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, well, Casey, you'll be you'll be there, so you'll get to see what it looks like. I'm glad I'm one of the 722. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. 722 people. That's a lot of alcohol. That's a lot of that's a lot of food. Yeah, we're doing buffet. Are doing a buffet? Yeah. I'm there. I'm, I'm, hey, I don't ever want to know how much the buffet costs you for 722 people, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to eat half that amount. <laughs> that is no lie. Everybody's going to be doing like whatever. I'm going to be off in the corner at the, the coach's table, just pounding food. <laughs>